Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. We welcome you into the Tuesday, June 14th edition of the Sports Mix. I'm Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin and Dylan Bishop. A new, Another commitment coming out of the Eastern Panhandle and basketball. One of our uh, former co-workers uh, ran Canberra Forest a little bit in the fall. Isaiah Horner uh, from Musselman High School has committed uh, to play at Frederick Community College. And uh, this is a big deal for him because he didn't get to play high school basketball in his senior season due to a leg injury. So uh, Isaiah is going to get to play in college, which I remember talking to him and that was a real goal of his and going to community college. It's possible that, you know, if he plays well and uh, comes off this injury, well, he could potentially move up to division two or division three. So uh, and definitely good to see Isaiah, one of the nicer kids that we uh, interacted with and uh, just get that opportunity to, play Colin at the next level yeah it was a uh, tough for him I know just talking with him as you mentioned he uh, worked with us during uh, volleyball football season there in the fall and here and there uh, during basketball season if he could even though he was still a member of the uh, Musselman team even though he never got to play as you mentioned with that leg injury but uh, I'm hoping that he does well gets to stay local there at Frederick Community College and as you said, if he does well there, maybe he could go to a uh, Division three or Division two school after uh, his time there at Community College. But from the years that he did play there at uh, Musselman, especially junior year, he was the leading scorer for the uh, Appleman. So he's a very talented player, hard worker as well on and off the court. So wish him the best. Yeah, I just always think back to, too, what – could this Musselman team have done if Isaiah was able to play this season because you put him with Jordan Holmes in that lineup that had a ton of success, made it all the way to the state tournament uh, before a first-round exit. You know, they were very close to knocking off Jefferson several times. I don't I don't think they would have gone on to win states, but maybe they could have made a run toward the semifinals or so uh, with a healthy Isaiah. Obviously, it changes everybody else's role too, but – and he would have been a huge part of the team, but it is good for him that he's going to at least get the opportunity to continue his career, and uh, we wish him the best. Um, some other commitments from the Eastern Panhandle involving winter sports. Uh, two-time state champion wrestler Matt Dolan has committed to WVU. Uh, he also won a national tournament as well. Um, so congratulations to him on that commitment, and we'll see what kind of impact uh, he can make for the Mountaineers wrestling program. Yeah, WVU uh, trying to build that program up, so it's great to see a uh, local kid committing to WVU. Uh, Big 12 wrestling's been growing as well. Hopefully they can eventually compete with uh, schools like Penn State or Iowa there in the uh, Big 10, but hopefully Dolan, uh, once he goes to WVU, does well, so wish him the best as well and it's always fun if you guys know that are uh tuning in anybody else that has made a commitment that's a uh athlete that you'd like us to recognize uh just reach out to us facebook comments or call in and we'll gladly do so yeah definitely and, and you mentioned the big 12 and wrestling and uh, i know oklahoma state's had a, a pretty good program over the years oklahoma as well so mm-hmm. it's a uh a good conference to be in it, it shows I guess his kind of status, I mean, Oklahoma will be leaving for the SEC, but Oklahoma State will still be around. And, uh, you know, very impressive runs for him throughout the state tournament, back-to-back state champion. Uh, so, you know, WVU is getting a really quality wrestler uh, from the Eastern Panhandle that can kind of help build their program up. But in other local news, this came out yesterday, 
kind of interesting the wwe nil deals that they're doing and i know dylan you and colin keep up with the wwe quite a bit i I watched it more as a kid you know tune in every once in a while there's something that i see on social media but don't really follow uh closely but they've been doing these nil deals to try to i guess get college athletes that could be potential prospects for them and there's been several college athletes go on to have wrestling careers in professional wrestling like the rock uh, Roman Reigns are the big names right now. Uh, Bianca Belair, I believe, also ran track and field at Tennessee, I think it was, uh, during her college days. So, you know, there's some big-time wrestlers that start as college athletes in a local product. Uh, Hedgesville native Erica Wink received one of those NIL deals. She currently plays volleyball at Elon University. So uh, pretty cool to see that, and, you know, it's definitely a, a – good strategy i think for the wwe to use the name image likeness as a way to potentially get some new wrestlers uh on the come up yeah this is kind of their way of like uh, it's provisional deals kind of like uh, get some people a little bit of money to get them you know in their head that they can hey you guys can come over here and train with us a little bit and just see if this is something you guys want to do you're someone you're an athletic person that we're interested in in uh signing as a you know, pro wrestler, it's not a guarantee that they'll get signed, but it's one of those things where you get them their foot in the door to see if it's a mutually uh, mutual interest there. So it's pretty interesting that we got a uh, volleyball player from Hedgesville. I believe she graduated from a private school, but she did go to Hedgesville High School. She's from uh, Hedgesville here. So yeah, congratulations to her. And uh, I'll mention, uh, just for my own uh, personal benefit, uh, one of the other 15 in this group was Zachary Knighton Ward, one of the top wrestlers in the country uh, from Hofstra University, the brother of a friend of mine uh, named Cephas. So uh, shout out to Zachary there. Congratulations to him, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool uh, that they're doing this, Colin. you have any opinions on it? It's know. just interesting to see and uh, hope it works. As we've mentioned, she's a volleyball player, so a transition, at least in our heads probably, I don't know if I can fully speak for you guys or not, but I'll just speak for myself. From volleyball to professional wrestling seems uh, very difficult, so we'll see what goes on there for uh, Erica Link and maybe here in the future um, – continuing to watch the professional wrestling uh world if she falls into a wwe or aew type situation yeah and that first class of nil deals included uh, olympic gold medalist in wrestling and multi-time ncaa uh national champion in amateur wrestling gable steveson so this is that second group that they've uh, gotten here so again really fun to see someone from hedgesville getting in the mix there definitely cool and i i don't know if the sport you played will matter in terms of the transition yeah, if you're athletic i think you'll yeah. be yeah, just pure athleticism yep. is a lot of the different skill sets that you need i mean but it, it, there's a lot of things that go into it that i'm not super familiar with maybe we get donald kenny on he could explain it i know he uh <laughs> if you got a uh, athleticism and charisma the combination yeah. of the two you're in pretty good shape and i believe erica link uh just from looking at a little bit of social media is like a media communications kind of in that area in college so in terms of the degree so it could work out yeah very cool all right well we'll take a break on the other side of that break we will get into game five of the nba finals as the warriors take the 3-2 series lead we'll discuss is this thing over and also some of the other highlights from last night's game uh you're tuned into the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 we're back in two minutes Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
The excitement of Little League Baseball is rounding third, and we're set to bring you all the action. Join us for the area, district, and state tournament on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. This one poked out to deep right center field, and that one is out of here for a home run. That one a solo shot for Aiden Horowitz, and that will put it at 12-2. The area tournament begins June 24th through the 28th. Districts are July 5th through the 6th, and states are the 15th through the 17th. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. We welcome you back to this Tuesday edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Frizzolini alongside me, Dylan Bishop and Colin McLaughlin as uh, we talk NBA Finals. Game 5 last night. The Warriors get the win over the Boston Celtics. Uh, Despite all of us thinking that Boston was going to take the game, it seemed like Golden State, though, some of the things we kind of talked about if they wanted to win happened, but the big thing that I think didn't happen that if you would have told us it wasn't going to happen or that Steph Curry wasn't going to play well, essentially, if you would have told us that heading into the game, I would have thought the Celtics win by at least 20. I mean, Steph Curry has been putting the team on his back, but the people that stepped up that we kind of highlighted, like Draymond Green, I think played much better offensively, contributed when he needed to. Klay Thompson got going. But the biggest story is Andrew Wiggins and his ability to excel in this kind of third or fourth option. Uh, But last night he kind of played like the number one option. Um, But overall, I guess we'll start with our thoughts on the game from last night uh, as the Warriors really just pull away in that fourth quarter and uh, not really much of an effort from or not a great effort down the stretch from the Celtics in terms of what they were able to do offensively and and give credit, I guess, to the Warriors' defense. Yeah, interestingly enough, the quarter that the Celtics played the best in was the third quarter. Yeah, when yeah. Uh, we're used to the Warriors pulling away, so it was the, quite the it was pretty much the opposite. Uh, we talked about how, like you said, Nick, if you went into the game and told us what Steph Curry's stat line was, he didn't make a single three pointer, right? Which was the first time in what two hundred and twenty two hundred thirty three games, two hundred thirty three games without a three pointer. He only had what in the six, playoffs in the playoffs if you told us that going in we were like oh the celtics are gonna win duh, for sure but of course steph curry goes out there and has a pretty subpar game and then the celtics offense plays even worse so I mean, they couldn't get anything going i mean colin you're the celtics fan here it, it was an absolute mess last night for boston and they showed that that turnover mark or a uh, threshold i guess is the word i'm looking for there of if they get over 16 turnovers, they're, I think, now 1-8 during the playoffs or during this season. And they were, they were coming and up on that under number. Under that. They were coming up on that number in, like, the third quarter. Yeah. They got 18 total turnovers, and that was a big difference. Free throw shooting was a big difference as well. I mean, 21 for 31 when it came to free throws for uh, Boston, who typically do a lot better in that situation and even though Jason Tatum had 27 points last night 
it was kind of him as well, especially at that free throw line only going two for six. And you're like, yeah, 27 points, though. It was still 10 of 20 field goal-wise. And a lot of those 10 missed field goals were some pretty easy layups or airballed three-pointers that you're like, what is going on here? I thought this was a good game for Tatum. So it could have been that breakout game that everybody was expecting finally from him. And you got 27 points, so you got to be happy with that. But there could have been so much more. That makes it frustrating. Well, I think when you look at the uh, numbers for Tatum, it's a good night in terms of 27 on 50% shooting. That's definitely not bad. Uh, Five of nine from three. But when you go back and you watch the game and you mentioned some of those misses that he had down the stretch, especially, you know, that fourth quarter, he really didn't do much. Threw up a few air balls uh, from three. So, you know, down the stretch it wasn't as good of a performance I think that's what sticks out more to me than the overall performance for Tatum because if you just look at the stats it's you know you didn't watch the game you're like wow Jason Tatum played really well but nobody else did and that's still somewhat accurate but uh, I think if you go back and you watch when he missed those shots really in that fourth quarter it, it was big but for me the biggest story was now back-to-back games Andrew Wiggins just getting a ton of rebounds, playing great defense on Jason Tatum yeah, and scoring down the stretch uh, and really doing whatever he wants in the paint, not making threes. But 26 points, 13 rebounds for Wiggins. And this is a guy that, you know, a few years ago, people kind of wrote off as not a bust, but definitely an underachieving player. And you can still make that statement when it comes to you look back at what his career has been compared to what you might have thought it was going to be when he came out of high school yeah, and then heading into college at Kansas for a year. But he's now excelling in this role, and I think he's found the right team. He's not going to be a number one option on a championship team, but as the number two or number three guy, uh, Andrew Wiggins can do what he did last night, and he's now done it on a consistent level and has been a huge part of these wins for Golden State. So, you know, give a ton of credit to him and also a ton of credit to Steve Kerr and what he's been able to do with Wiggins in this offense and part of the reason why he was an all-star this year so uh, I think that's the big storyline I mean if the Warriors win it's still going to be Steph Curry's MVP presuming he plays well in the closeout games but they don't win this championship or they don't get to this point without Andrew Wiggins and I think that will be a huge story moving forward yeah, I mean, it really started in the Mavericks series where he started shutting down Luka Doncic. And it's continued into the finals here with these last two games with all these rebounds. And, I mean, he went 0 for 6 from three-pointer or three-point range last night and still at 26 points. Mm-hmm. So, imagine, you know, two of those shots go down. He's over having a 30-point game here. And, like you said... He didn't pan out into what he was supposed to be coming out of high school when people were giving him the nickname Maple Jordan because he's from uh, Canada. But, you know, he was the number one pick in the draft while playing a year at Kansas on the same team as Joel Embiid. So, again, he had his downtimes in Minnesota. He had the the incidents with Jimmy Butler calling out him and Carl Anthony Towns for not putting in a lot of effort. There were times in Minnesota where it looked like he could be that 20-plus a point-a-game scorer Uh, but he might not have been putting in the effort. And honestly, with an organization like Minnesota, it was not exactly the best situation for anyone. Uh, You're not going to get the most motivated. It's hard to get the most motivation out of guys over there. But then he gets sent in this trade to the Warriors, where it looked like the Warriors were just kind of trying to get off D'Angelo Russell for whatever they could get. And they end up with Andrew Wiggins and this draft pick that turns into Jonathan Kaminga who hasn't played in the finals but has played well overall uh, in his rookie season and it looks like one of the most genius trades of all time uh, for the Warriors and I mean again if you know Steph Curry would have had a down series overall you know in the first four games you could be looking at uh, NBA finals MVP Andrew Wiggins after he was an all-star starter earlier in the year and then just for the Celtics side, mention real quick that Jalen Brown finally had one of his, really his worst game in the series when he had played like the finals MVP in the first three games, five for 18 from the floor, 0 of 5 from three-point range. So that was another big reason that the Celtics just couldn't get it done on offense. I think, too, something 
to consider, I think, heading throughout the rest of the series is, is it did seem like Boston had a lot of, I guess, frustrations amongst the team and kind of lost their, I guess, cool a little bit. Yeah. Individually, I think Jeff Van Gundy pointed it out during the broadcast. And there was that moment, too, toward the end where Draymond Green, like, got in Tatum's face or whatever it was, and he, like, wanted the basketball, and Tatum just kind of ignored him. And, and then Marcus Smart was complaining throughout the game to the refs. And I, I think the officiating had a few questionable calls last night. Uh, there was that one, I think it was a smart foul on Jordan Poole, where it looked like Jordan Poole had tugged Smart's arm, and then he came up and flopped kind of on a... No. Maybe so it hit him in the, in the face. face. Yeah, But, I mean... The refs are going to have those. And if you're watching it live, you're not going to notice every little tug and pull, I think, on the court. Yeah. And then there was that one play where Gary Payton actually tripped over his own foot, and they called it as being tripped by Grant Williams. Right. And it's the NBA Finals. I mean, we're going to see the refs maybe give a little bit It's just confusing as they let some things go that you're like, how do you let that go? And at the same time, you're like, how do you call that a foul? It, that's what really frustrates me about the NBA is it seems like nobody actually knows what a foul is anymore because there's times, as I said, or as you guys just pointed out, those two examples when you're like, how do you call that? But you see so many missed moving screens, missed travels, guys just absolutely mugging each other down low trying to get rebounds and nothing's called. I think they there is a like let them play kind of mentality a lot of times, but you're right that it, it's not really consistent all the time. Uh, I mean Tony Tony Brothers was one of the referees tonight. He's a uh, or last night, and he's kind of notoriously one of the more inconsistent referees in the NBA. So, in terms of the rest of the series, uh, that didn't look good for the Celtics. No, it did not. Especially and, the bench. That uh, I was going to segue into that since you said inconsistency. What what happened to the guys that come off the bench for Boston? Derek Grant White just Williams, can't shoot. horrible. White, horrible. Pritchard, also horrible. Plus minus wise, the guys that really came in and contributed. White, negative thirteen. Williams, negative eighteen. Combined four points from them there. White played twenty one minutes. Williams played 16. Yeah, you you can't get that out of your bench, especially even, even it's only two guys. And they guys. were the only two guys that really came off the bench other than the final garbage minute when everybody else came on and Pritchard had five minutes. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard playing five minutes is, is pretty wild that they just kind of narrowed that down. They said that I think that's Ima Yudoka basically saying he can't play defense enough and he's not hitting enough three-pointers yeah. to play in this series. And Well, what happened to Grant Williams hitting threes? That corner three was his bread and butter at the beginning of the playoffs, and now he is absolutely absent. The Warriors are playing better defense, if uh, for one thing, but I think just overall, he's streaky, streaky three-point shooter. They just don't. They well, three-point shooter was just way off last night. Yeah, both teams. They need Derek White to play like he's been playing a lot more in some of these other playoff games. If he plays like he did last night, they're not going to win another game in this series. No. And, again, I think Steve Kerr was just able to make the right adjustments uh, last night, and the Celtics just didn't have an answer for it. And that's why he's one of the best, one of the best coaches in the league. I do think that the Celtics can go back to Boston and say, take this to seven. But even if they do that, at this point in the series, unless they somehow like blow out the Warriors by 40 in game six, you – Ask me who's winning Game Seven in San Francisco, and I'm taking the Warriors. Yeah, so you think? Do you, I mean, we won't make a prediction yet because we have till Thursday. A lot could change in between now and then. And I was going to ask if you guys thought the series was over in terms of is Golden State going to close things out? I, I tend to kind of agree with Dylan. It's been pretty much a back and forth series, but it does seem like to me, at least right now, that the Celtics are kind of on the verge of elimination and, and they look like they're quarter. they've almost yeah. lost their i guess lost their mojo maybe like yeah. that third quarter as you guys said for boston was great but it seemed like all their energy was just wasted in that third quarter especially because the starting five played basically the entire game yeah. so I, I feel like they're tired I, I still like boston in boston for game six but i went with the celtics in seven and 
I guess it's still fan bias that I'm going to stick with that, but I'm not confident about it. Yeah, because in terms- Golden State, it just seems like even though Boston had the opportunity to go up 3-1, all the controls in Golden State right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if it ended in six. Yeah, if you're asking me, like, is the series over in terms of will the Warriors close it out in game six? I don't know. In terms of who I, if, have I decided who I think is going to win the series? Yeah, I think the Warriors one way in six or seven will win the series and that uh, before the series i thought it was going to be warriors and seven which i guess i'll still stick with that but it's because basically they had just the little edges in experience uh you know less fatigue less injury a little bit of better coaching uh, a little more experienced coaching at least and after the first three games the celtics had me convinced yeah. that they those things weren't going to matter and them being just the better team on paper was going to they were going to be able to pull it out in those other ways but after games four and five, I think that those little advantages that the Warriors have in those areas are starting to add up. I think the big thing, too, is you held Steph Curry to 7 of 22 and 0 for 9 from 3, something he's never done in a playoff game, and you still lose by 10. I mean, I think that yeah, that's that almost takes any momentum that you could have got from this game. If you would have still lost tonight and like Curry or last night and Curry went off and you know, it was a close game throughout. You, you would still feel, I think, a lot better about the Celtics, but it's like Steph Curry played probably the worst he could have played in a playoff game, at least shooting-wise, and you still lost by 10. Yeah, that's the that's the demoralizing part. So it's it's not that that thing happened and, you know, or normal performance from him happened and you lost. It's that, you know, their best player, the guy that's pretty much been carrying them, uh, didn't have a great outing. And I think you now have to be worried, you know, is Clay Thompson going to get going? Because he got he got going last night a little bit. 21 points. Yeah, 5'11 from three. And if he's hitting and Curry's hitting and Wiggins keeps playing the way he's playing, this team's probably unbeatable if you're Boston, even being at home. So I said Warriors in six before the series. I didn't stick with it yesterday. Yeah, yesterday on the show, I, I picked the Celtics for some reason, even though I – you know, thought beforehand that the Warriors were going to win in six. So if they had, in order to win to six, they had to win last night. But uh, I think they have a good chance to close things out. But it would be winning three straight, which would be pretty tough to do. So we'll see. It could go seven. But yep. that's just kind of how I'm looking at it in terms of the Curry performance and still losing. Doesn't leave a great taste in your mouth. But uh, I think, unless we have any other thoughts. Nope. All right. Well, then we'll move on. We'll uh, take a break. On the other side of that break, we'll talk. Steven Strasburg, he's back to the injured list, and the Orioles uh, got blown out yesterday, but they did see a positive debut from uh, Kyle Stowers. So we'll talk about that. Uh, this is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're back after this break. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Mr. Walkoff is coming back to Nationals Park. A walkoff for Ryan Zimmerman! Be a part of history. Game two of the doubleheader on June 17th. The first 25,000 fans receive an employee 11 t-shirt. Come early and be part of a special Q&A with Zip. On June 18th, come early and witness the pageantry of Ryan's retirement ceremony. The first 10,000 fans, 12 and under, will receive a 2006 Ryan Zimmerman Kids t-shirt. Get your tickets now. What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. 
Are you at risk for a heart attack or stroke? WV Medicine would like to remind you it's important to recognize the signs and symptoms so you can seek medical attention fast. The acronym FAST stands for F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, S, speech difficulty, and T, time to call 911. If you are having a stroke, get medical attention right away. Immediate treatment may decrease the risk of disability and prevent death. This important message is brought to you by WVU Medicine. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to this Tuesday edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me is Kyle McLaughlin and Dylan Bishop on the show today. Again, Spencer on vacation this week, so Colin and I will be here every day. I think we'll have Avery Newport on the show tomorrow in the Dylan spot. Uh, but we're going to talk some baseball. We'll start with uh, Steven Strasburg going back on the injury list after making a start last week. Over the weekend, he uh, threw his bullpen session, felt some discomfort on Sunday after throwing it on Saturday, and then was scratched yesterday from his start that was scheduled for today uh, against the Atlanta Braves. So, Strasburg back to the IL, and this is concerning for a multitude of reasons. This is a guy that spent pretty much the last two seasons on the IL, and finally you get him back. He looked pretty good in his rehab start, struggled in his first uh major league start this year but I mean this is a guy that's been a huge part of this franchise and even though it's a team that's not going to do anything this year there's some value in having Steven Strasburg if he's pitching well for either potential assets or just having a a foundational piece in your rotation that you can rely on and, and maybe eat up some innings for you at the worst case scenario but we don't know the significance of this injury yet, I don't think, unless something's been updated in the last few hours. But Not that I've seen. I can uh, double-check, but it, if you're a Nationals fan, it's definitely frustrating, especially since he was supposed to be, as you mentioned, uh, starting tonight, finally back at home. So expected a big crowd most likely there for the uh, Nationals. And now your guy that's been a uh, big cornerstone of your franchise for the past decade or so is hurt yet again and you wonder in the back of your mind did he come up too soon in the first place it's certainly possible but uh, in terms of this it's better safe than sorry you know and ter- if he's feeling some discomfort you don't want to throw him out there uh, and risk you know worsening a problem and you can find out if you did call him up too early of course you don't want to you don't want to put him back out there on the mound again so you know we'll find i guess we'll find out what the significance of it is in due time but as for now yeah uh better safe than sorry in my book at least forgot to do this earlier this this part of the show is brought to you by uh orsini's home store not just an appliance store anymore cabinets and designer bedding outdoor living family owned and operated located at 360 hack wilson way in martinsburg or online at orsini's.com but yeah back to strasburg uh you know this is disappointing for this team and uh they're going to need some sustainability from their pitching and not having him uh, a big part of that as um get into, I guess, the Orioles for a little bit. We could talk about last night's game for the Nats, uh, a loss for them. 8-5 to five was the final score in that one. Nationals found themselves down 6 nothing in the third inning, or 9-5 to five was the final, excuse me, and they, they made a little bit of a uh, comeback there in the middle innings but couldn't uh, – closed the gap enough against the Braves and something that kind of stood out to me is Josiah Gray didn't pitch well for them I'm sorry Josiah Gray goes today so my bad on that but no he doesn't I thought it was the uh new kid today oh yeah because it right. was Strasburg Gray was scheduled for yesterday then I thought but I don't see him here in the box score hmm. yeah Ramirez started Maybe Gray is pitching tomorrow. It's possible that I looked at the wrong game. I don't know. But uh, it's not a uh, Nationals thing, but in that game, uh, Braves-wise, Albies uh, broke his foot. It didn't, yeah. That did so, happen. 
We'll see how that affects the Braves, who are right now uh, the hottest team in baseball. That was the 12th straight win for them. You just got to get, obviously, I, it probably will sound dumb out loud, more runs across when you get the same amount of hits as the Braves. Both teams had 10 hits each, but Washington just left too many runners on base. Seems like it was another uh, tough game there for Soto. He had two at-bats. Uh, no hits, but he did get walked twice, so he got on bases, which uh, which is what you like, but this team just is struggling this year, and it's what you expected. It's frustrating for Nationals fans. Us as Oriole fans understand what they're going through, obviously, and sometimes smile because they've had success Greatest lately. Greatest scratch the rain delay last night. There you mm. go. So Interesting. Don't want to mess that up. Yeah, I do agree with you, Colin. I do think it's a good idea for the Nationals to get more runs across, and especially more runs than the other team. I, I, I knew that it was going to sound obvious, but my <laughs> no, point was you. being when you. you got the same amount of hits, that's what right. you'd like to see. Capitalize on your hits, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Capitalize with those runners in scoring position. The Orioles... Which uh, I don't know how many of those they actually had. I'd have to look. Yeah, but the O's, they didn't have many against Alex Manoa last night, who's... An early Cy Young candidate with his uh, pitching. You didn't bet on the O's, did you, Colin? I know you. No, I told about you it. about that. Why would you ever that? They both lost anyway, so it didn't right, matter. Right, but I told you oh, to yeah. avoid the Orioles yesterday. Yeah, Manoa is absolutely dominating right now this year. So, think through four. I didn't see his uh, finishing numbers, but I know he only had allowed uh, one hit there. I think through four innings against the Orioles. So. Yeah, six innings. WVU guys, so it's kind of happy to see local local wise, but when it's against your favorite team, it sucks. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could have drafted him, but they would have passed on Rutschman. That is true. Which, hey, who knows if that was the uh, right decision or not? We'll find out in about two, three years, probably. For yeah. sure. I think you could make a judgment on Rutschman at that point. But uh, Manoa, six innings last night, one hit, seven strikeouts, uh, 1.5 seven earned run average for him on the year so he's been great but wanted to talk a little bit about Kyle Stowers because I think the outfield is kind of interesting for the O's right now in terms of the future that is there Uh, most of their top prospects are outfielders and it's probably the strongest position group on the team so I guess my question is are the O's going to look to move some of their older outfielders there's a good chance that they select uh, Andrew Jones's son Drew Jones with the number one overall pick, who will be an 18-year-old high school prospect huh. outfielder. Didn't know that. So there's a good chance that, that they take him. Everybody's thinking right now. Wow. I mean, Andrew Jones is a legend uh, mm-hmm. in terms – I mean, one of the more talented players in the last, you know, however many years of baseball. So, yeah, so good chance he is the number one idea. pick. And, and the O's already have several young outfielders on the horizon – Anthony Santander is not playing currently because he can't go to Canada because he wasn't vaccinated. So uh, hmm. that's opened up an opportunity for Stowers. What do you think, Colin? Are, are we going to see Mullins move at the deadline? I mean, Austin Hayes is obviously a guy that's going to be a part of this outfield. Yeah, Hayes stays. Do we think Mullins, Santander I'd and Mullins not. are moving? It could be Santander. I mean, he can hit home runs. He, he's been... I think I'd have to double check. Does he lead Baltimore in home runs, or would that be uh, Mountcastle or Hayes? I believe right it's now? Hayes currently. But I mean, not being able to play road games at one of your division rivals is certainly a reason that, to that is, consider it. You know, more than you would potentially otherwise, at least. So if that's you know, Ty, well, Ty goes to the guy that can't play in Toronto, I guess. Yeah, I think the big thing, and how long will that last, though, is that the too, question. Yeah. Santander does lead the team in homers with 11 this season. So, a big issue with him I, that I've always had is he doesn't stay healthy, usually. And mm-hmm. even though he was a Rule 5 pick, there's good value there in that sense in terms of he's, he's not very expensive right now. He's had some injury issues over the years. Not being able to play in Toronto, you know, for now is is kind of a big deal i don't know how long they'll have that ban but either way he's 27 his average isn't really great but batting average is a statistics that now is debated on whether or not it it matters or not i think 
there's definitely some significance to it. It's how often you get a hit, but uh, you know, he tends to strike out a lot. So I wouldn't be mad if they traded him at the deadline. Cedric Mullins is the interesting guy because Mullins was hyped up when he first came up. He was, was okay star last year. Then he really struggled, and then he was great last year. Had a thirty thirty season, but now he struggled this year. So, do you trade him now when his value might be still pretty high compared to what it was last year? Not as high, but still pretty high. Or, or would you hold on to him? And I, I think that's kind of an interesting discussion that this team will have to have in the next few weeks. You know, what will Trey Mancini's status that, that be? Who's that was who I was about to throw into the conversation was Trey Mancini. I think those rumors have come about beforehand. Uh, they always circulate with Trey Mancini. It seems like on if he's going to get traded or not. So, from my perspective, he said he wants to be here and be a part of this team. So, if he wants to be here and is willing to go through the rebuilding process, I think too with his whole story, he's a good guy to keep around. But that's true. We'll see what the Orioles ultimately decide on that, and we will. Uh, take a break on the other side of that break we will maybe play some Weddle if you don't know what Weddle is we'll maybe show it to you on the other side of this break I don't know we might talk about some other things Baker Mayfield rumors so we'll probably do that instead but we could Colin that is an option I turned off my mic when I said that but we'll find out stay tuned find out on the other side of this break uh, this is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. We're back in about two minutes. Derek at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Crime is on the rise. Shield yourself with a new Smith & Wesson MP 2.0 Shield Plus, chambered in 13 rounds of 9mm. Saturday, July 2nd, Valley Guns 2 is having their 7th annual sidewalk sale, featuring a wide selection of sale prices on Smith & Wesson handguns and M&P 15 rifles, like the MP Shield 2.0 Plus or the Model 642 and 442 revolvers and MP 15 Tactical chambered in 5.56. It's the 7th annual sidewalk sale at Valley Guns 2, exit 5 off I-81 in Woodwest, Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. Burke Schultz, Harmon, and Jenkinson, where accident, injury, and disability lawyers with over 120 years combined local trial experience. When injury or illness has stopped you from working, you may be eligible for Social Security disability. Ron Harmon has been winning disability claims for over a quarter of a century. Don't hire some out-of-state firm. Ron Harmon's in Martinsburg. He will meet with you right here in our office. Get a local lawyer you can trust. Call 304-LAWYERS for a free consultation. 304-LAWYERS or 304-263-0900. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Kyle McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop here on the show today. Uh, Final segment of the show, we'll start by talking about the NFL. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield rumors heating up as he, uh, the Panthers apparently have reached out. And I, I find this interesting because originally the rumor between Carolina and Cleveland was they weren't interested at all in Baker Mayfield. But now apparently they are at least somewhat interested. 
and I think maybe they went through OTAs and they were like, oh, yeah, who's our starting quarterback again? Oh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, he's not very good. I mean, either is Baker, but he's significantly better. And they were kind of reminded through practice by watching Sam Darnold throw the football to the defense uh, that he might not be a great option for them. So I'll, I'll give you the official report here where this comes from. This is from Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports. As many camps begin to, today for the Browns and Panthers, trade talks between the teams continue surrounding quarterback Baker Mayfield per sources. The main issue remains the Mayfield salary and how much or how little teams pay. There's urgency on Carolina's side to execute the deal soon so that Mayfield can get some time in minicamp for the Panthers. For the Browns, it's the best offer they have. Talks ongoing. So I think that's been the issue has basically been that the Browns don't want to pay a whole bunch of the remaining salary on Baker's deal. The Panthers have wanted either Baker or Jimmy G since before the draft. They've just been kind of, you know, uh, making those negotiations and whatnot. And I believe they drafted, what, Matt Corral in the in the draft, yes. uh, you know, third, fourth round, whatever that was. So they have another option uh, aside from Sam Darnold, probably not ready to play as a rookie, Matt Corral. But Baker is a little bit of an upgrade. Uh, obviously, he was kind of hurt last year, so we'll see – you know, Baker wasn't playing that well. Uh, even with the supporting cast they had around him in Cleveland, Carolina doesn't have quite that. They have McCaffrey. They have DJ Moore. They have Robbie Anderson. But I think it'd be interesting. It wouldn't really make me think that much more of Carolina because I think really this move is Matt Rule trying to save his job. Yeah, they might get to seven or eight wins with Baker Mayfield, and maybe that's enough to save his job like you said because i mean the panthers overall as a team just aren't very good so even having mayfield even at his best how good is baker's best now there are some things that i think he could do well there with christian mccaffrey as a running back you see in the past you know established run game in cleveland good defense but carolina really doesn't have a great defense they do have dj moore which is a reliable pass catcher but there's just not much there, uh, even with Mayfield. It's a good stopgap quarterback. I think it's an upgrade over Darnold. But what does Cleveland want for their former number one overall pick and a guy that they might kind of need, even though he probably doesn't want to be there at this point because things aren't looking great with Deshaun Watson. So as yeah. a Ravens fan, I love it if they trade Baker and then Watson gets suspended. Yeah, they do have Jacoby Brissett on the roster. Oh, as a, Jacoby as Brissett. That's really going to save them. <laughs> but go ahead, it's better Donald. than some would have. I'm not a, as big of a hater, I guess, in the talent that Baker has compared to you guys. I think he's actually a pretty good quarterback, maybe not one of the best or elite, like uh, probably Cleveland hoped, but we, we've seen him do better than all the other Cleveland quarterbacks. He got him to the playoffs, got him a win there in the playoffs as well. So the fact that they have kind of just left him in the dust is still baffling to me especially due to all the uh things surrounding Deshaun Watson and if he's ever gonna play again and how long even if he does play again he hasn't played so how talented is he actually gonna be coming back is he gonna be at that NFL level so yeah I, I think you gotta keep Mayfield around even though he probably will still be frustrated and obviously wants out of Cleveland. I couldn't blame him if he wanted out of Cleveland with all this that's been uh, going on and the disrespect that he probably feels. And the Panthers need him as well, so if he goes there, I think he'd be successful. It'd be tough because, as you guys said, the weapons, other than uh, McCaffrey and Moore, I'd possibly throw in a Hubbard, even though he's a backup running back there. Can't forget about him because he could be talented, but it's tough yeah, it's I, I like baker but i don't know what you do if you're cleveland because watson may or may not play probably not so i think you got to keep mayfield i think there's something interesting too about the sean watson is you know besides his off the field issues that are obviously there is you know I think I saw the statistic that Mitch Trubisky is 29 and 21 in his career mm -hmm. as a starter Deshaun Watson's 29 and 26 and people hype him up to be a top five quarterback when he's playing so well, the Texans the rest of the Texans teams yeah, is, but is, uh, <laughs> how good were those Bears teams the defenses were really good yeah but Matt Nagy was their head coach yeah that's a good point 
Yeah, to me, Baker Mayfield's a guy that isn't going to raise the talent level around around him. He, you're basically your offense is going to be about as good as what you surround Baker with. That's fair. So I think I agree with that. Yeah. So probably better than Sam Darnold. How much better? Eh, we'll see. It probably depends on how healthy he is. Maybe. I've never understood the appeal of Sam Darnold. I mean, he turned the ball yeah. over too much in college. Yeah. I mean, when I watched him at USC, I thought this is Blake Bortles. <laughs> And then he gets yeah. to the NFL, and it's like, wow, this is Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake Bortles made the playoffs, so probably at, at least he did that. Yeah, he got to an <laughs> AFC he got championship. To the AFC that's fair. That's fair. fair. Don't disrespect Bortles. That's like true. That. It's, it's rude to Blake Bortles to make that comparison now. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that the Seahawks aren't at all interested in Baker Mayfield. Maybe they just want to give yeah. Drew Locke a chance. Yeah, I guess they probably have said that we they they don't feel like spending any capital on it yeah. any draft capital any kind of you know extra cap room uh if you were to be cut they'd probably intrigue i think right the panthers have kept some of this salary cap space open since before the draft so they you know it's different they've had this space to kind of absorb a jimmy garoppolo or a baker mayfield whereas the seahawks probably realized that the difference between baker mayfield and drew Locke isn't going to be the difference between missing the playoffs and making the playoffs right. more than likely than not especially in the nfc west where every other team in your division is going to be probably in the playoffs so i understand that i think baker to the panthers happens eventually and it probably doesn't save matt rule's job so your final thoughts today dylan on just everything or you got anything else you want to throw in matt rules a fraud all right Ooh. colin any final thoughts today I still like Boston in seven. They are still the best franchise at coming back down 3-2. They win in six, and it's anybody's game in game seven. Let's be honest. Even though it's in San Francisco, a game seven, you never know what to expect. Anything can happen. So hopefully Boston, obviously you got to get the win first in game six. I think they will since it's in Boston. The fans are going to be behind them enough. And then game seven, all you got to do is stop Curry. Well, maybe not, though, because they stopped them last night and it didn't work out for them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I have any final thoughts besides that we have a show again tomorrow. Dylan won't be here. Avery will. For Colin, Dylan, I'm Nick, and we are done. keeping people home here in what locals like to call the tourist capital of the world orlando international airport officials say domestic traffic in april was up more than 20 percent from a year ago i'm jim chrisul in lexington north carolina despite record high gas prices and inflation travel and tourism are booming in much of the country you can call it pent-up pandemic demand just not been able to do anything or go anywhere and people just pretty much have cabin fever while the pandemic was going on people were visitors in their own town if you will. 